four years, this church. Their morning, their, their Friday night service, which they'd never had. We had a Friday night service. The place, every seat was full. Saturday, we had a master class. Every seat was full. Sunday morning, we had church. People got healed and saved all the way through. Every seat was full. And Sunday night, they had to put out extra seats because people come back for more and more and more. Saw one lady in that church. She, she was booked in for a hip operation. And she was limping and in a lot of pain. And halfway through the meeting, she came to the front. And as I laid hands on her, I just prayed in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came upon her. And I said, go for a walk. And as she, as she started, she was limping and she got about halfway. Then she was walking normal, got to the end, got halfway back. And by then she was running and jumping all the way from one side of the room to the other. And now she can cancel her hip operation. Praise God. Don't we serve an amazing God? And people need to see that Jesus is real. They want to hear the gospel. That's all we preach. My, my theology is so simple. It's getting simpler and simpler. You might have heard me say this before. I've got it as simple as I can make it right now. And it is simply this, that every good thing comes from God and every bad thing comes from the devil. And providing we don't get those two things mixed up, we'll do okay. You'll get what you need from God. You'll get your breakthrough. You'll get your healing. You'll be set free. You'll get rid of that addiction. Whatever it is, you'll, it'll be yours. If you persist, and if you, go, if you go the line, if you just make a decision and say, God, I'm going to take hold of this. God, I'm going to shake this tree until some fruit comes. Until the apples start to drop, I'm going to shake this tree. Why? Because your word tells me that if I lay my hands on the sick, they shall recover. When I first started praying for the sick was probably 15 years ago. I've been in this church for, I think, nearly 18 years. And um, I would see about one person a year get healed. Maybe in my connect group or somewhere like that. Maybe occasionally off the back of a church service somewhere here or there. And then it went from one a year to one a month. And then it went from one person a month to one person a week. And then it went from one person a week to, if you like, if there's people there to pray for, you can do one a day, you can do 10 a day, as many as you want. Now it's unusual when people don't get healed. We've had meetings lately where it seems like, we can't prove it, but it seems like every person who came to the platform, particularly in the build-up stage of the meeting and right up to near the end, that every single person gets healed. That's what it seems like. I don't know what the exact results are, but that's what it looks like to me. And because Jesus is real, people. And, and I, 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 like this morning, I'm going to just do a little bit of a, um, a recap here. Um, but that's our vision, is to just take this fire of God. My wife's signaling me about something. Oh, the music team. Give these guys a big hand. God bless you guys. Thank you, Scotty. Give them a big hand. Give, we have great worship. We might go into some spontaneous worship at some point, so just be ready, the singers, particularly just to jump up, or otherwise I'll just lead the worship myself. So there's a good challenge for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But what we want to see happen is people get on fire for God. And when God touched my life back in 1990, I got set on fire for Him 
I was never, ever, ever the same. Nobody sent me a text saying, you need to come to church this Sunday. Can we, how you doing? Are you okay? Can we help you? Can we pray for you? No one sent me anything. I couldn't stay away. I would be going to every mid, midweek fellowship thing and connect groups and Bible study groups and we'd be listening to Kenneth Hagen videos and just anything we could get our hands on. All kinds of stuff. Because we were just hungry. We found something that we never ever knew was there. That no one had ever told us about. I grew up in a church, in a, in a creaky old church that was traditional and didn't relate to me at all. And there was no real sense of the presence of God in that place. And I learned the Bible stories. I went to Sunday school and I had my little book of those little stick-on texts. And I would get a star every week for memorizing my whatever. I did all that, but yet I never knew Jesus. I'd never had my life ever was ever impacted in any way at all. I just went along because that's what I was brought up to do. Until I came to a church like this. Man, I'd die for churches like this, where the power of God is allowed to move, where people are allowed to talk about the Holy Spirit and the move of God. We used to sing, we used to say this Apostles' Creed. It's a great thing. I'm not knocking it, but it you used to get to the part where it says about the Holy Spirit. We'd quote it in church every week. We'd say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Christian Church, a communion of saints, and it would go on. And that was all I knew about the Holy Spirit, was I believe in the Holy Spirit. That was my full knowledge of the Holy Spirit. I would like to rewrite that Apostles' Creed. Some theologians would roll in their grave if they heard me say that. But I'd say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in praying in other tongues. I believe in the word of prophecy. I believe in signs and wonders and miracles. Amen. I believe in the power of God to set a person free of addiction and depression and all kinds of things. I believe that there's no sickness that God can't heal. Amen. It's time we started to fill in the gaps. Praise God. And this morning, this whole theme that we're on is faith. And I love it. It's such a setup, this, this theme. Faith. And this morning, we looked at how the Word of God, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And any revival, any stirring, any change, we're looking for that in this, we're looking for a shift that is just not, not a few extra people coming to church, but we're looking for a shift that's going to go right across the community. We're looking for a new breed of people that are just going out of, out of this world Come on, this is the nighttime crowd. I feel like I can really cut loose with you guys. I feel like you're up for, you know, I have to be a little bit careful in the mornings, but at the night I can, I can push in a lot harder because these are people who are already hungrier than the average anyway. They wouldn't come back. You'd be home watching whatever it is. Praise God, I don't even know what it is because I haven't watched telly for 10 years, longer maybe. We're never gonna, our television's never going to wear out. I can promise you that. <laughs> Glory to God only a cheapie anyway so praise God God's here people he's ready he knows what needs to be done honestly we talk about living I haven't got a clue what I'm doing most of the time <laughs> somebody agrees with that but I, I, I'll, go, I'll go and visit a church that I've never been to. I've only just had a phone call with the pastor and he'll be desperate. he say, we'd love you to come. And I'll go to that church. I don't even know how many people are there. I don't know whether they're young or old or whether they couldn't care less or whether they're excited. I don't know what I'm going to speak on. 
I don't know who's going to come to the front to get healed. I don't know what's going to be wrong with them. I don't know what I'm going to say when I lay hands on them. And I don't know what's going to happen once I do lay hands on them. Although I do eventually know what's going to happen. They're going to be set free. I don't know how much money is going to be in the offering. Praise God. (laughs) But it always works out. And it's the surest. I don't have to live by faith. I get to. It, oh, it's just so amazing. I wouldn't swap it for anything. I sometimes feel sorry when I drive past people with, with a big three-story mansion and, you know, in an expensive part of town. And I'm thinking, that's all you've got. That's all you have. Now, what are you going to do in a few years' time? Your life's going to be so empty. Man, I'm, I'm supposed to be having a midlife crisis. <laughs> what is that? I'm just getting started. Praise God, enough about me. But God is good, and He can use anybody. It was a great deal, Moody, who said, it remains to be seen. It remains yet to be seen what God can do through a single person. Actually, D.L. Moody was sitting in a meeting, and the preacher said this. He said, it remains yet to be seen what God could do with one person who's prepared to totally dedicate themselves to him. And D.L. Moody couldn't read, he couldn't write, he was completely illiterate. He stood up in that meeting and he said, I'll be that person. And he rewrote history. A man who, who hadn't even, he left school, in, in, he didn't even go to secondary school. As I said, he couldn't read and write, he was illiterate. Yet he changed the world. He changed the world only because he surrendered and said, I'll be that person. There's no limit to how far we can go. I looked at the Word of God this morning. You know that scripture, which I did quote this morning, but it says, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. That guy, he's crazy. He's over the top. He's not just, he's not just moderate. He's not just normal. He's way outside of normal. He's, he's day and night. The guy, I don't know. I don't know how he holds down a job. Must do it when the boss is not around us. I don't know. How does he do it? But it, that's what it says. Day and night. I'm telling you, you can, get a, you can get an appetite for the Word of God. You can start to go deeper. It's like, it's, it's like a, it's like a um, I don't know, a certain type of food. Maybe you've never tried it. I went to Malaysia. We preached over there. We had heaps. We had... We just had revival for three, three days at a camp and then morning and night on the Sunday at church and th- the church is never going to be the same. God just swept through the place. People were healed, they were set free, they were saved, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, people were water baptized. This church that I was at recently in New Zealand, they like to baptize people the same day they get saved. So they had to fill the tank that night and get a whole bunch of people water baptized on the stage. And then they got them filled with the Holy Ghost as well. On fi- I had one of my one of my, I'm just excited, had one of my, my, one of my work colleagues came here to this meeting this morning, one of my contractors, I, his wife has had, she's had osteoarthritis for 20 years, and she's put up with it for so long that she walks like this now, because that's just how she's got used to walking with all the pain in her body, and, and I, I, I shared the gospel with him here a few months ago, and he got talking about his wife, he didn't give his heart to the Lord, but he got talking about his wife and, and she, he explained her. I said, look, you've got to come to our healing stuff. Anyway, he never, he never showed up. Oh, whatever. That happens. 
And um, I had to ring him up about a job during the week to order some parts from him. And I, I happened to remember, I said, oh, how's your wife? And he goes, oh, no good, she's brilliant. I said, well, mate, of course she is. You didn't come to the service. <laughs> That's how I said. I said, look, you can't expect to be at healed unless you come. Oh, well, too sick. You weren't too sick to go and see the doctor. He said, how can you be too sick to come to church? You just need to get here. And I, I was like, oh, this isn't one of those moods where I just thought, well, people just need to do the right thing and show up. Anyway, about 10 minutes later, I get a text. I just spoke to my wife and we'll be there Sunday morning. They, they were here Sunday morning. His wife got totally set free from all the pain, left her body after the church service here this morning. They sent me a text. Lovely people. They're going to come back again next week. She gave her heart to Jesus. Praise God. They're both, they're both loving this atmosphere. They loved it in here this morning. We just got to tell people, I'm telling you when it's in you, when it's on you. You just can speak it out. I love, I love this CD. It's full of gospel. It's full of here. I'm making another one of these right now. I'm halfway through it. I only made this for myself, by the way. And, and then it was so impacting. I thought, well, I need to get this out to other people because people on their sickbed, they listen to this, they'll walk away healed. They'll walk away healed. And it's, it's 45 healing scriptures on MP3s. They're all set individually on here so that you can... You can just choose one or you can choose them all. You can choose one and you can listen to it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You could listen to it a thousand times in one day if you wanted to. It'll change your life. It'll take a while, but it will get in and it will change your life. I've started making one of these on gospel because it doesn't just get into your heart, it gets into your voice. And, and I'm excited because I'm listening to this one on gospel. I'm not gonna put it out yet because I wanna keep it to myself for a while just build up a bit more before I let other people in on it and um, it gets into your voice the gospel gets into your voice and when you when you talk to people you pull them your voice just carry it just you draw them you command them you tell them you need to come to Jesus you need to get your life set free you can have a way better life than this people say oh they've got this this sickness I said that's the least of your worries your biggest problem is that What's going to happen when you die? That's way worse than your sickness. Sickness will be nothing compared to that. People need to hear this. And um, I, I'm just trying to put some of this in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? So that you can take it away. So we looked at the word this morning. How to get faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. I'm going to preach and pray for the sick a little bit. I'll do both here tonight. I didn't want to do it this morning. I just wanted to share a message this morning. Bible says in 1 Corinthians, um, it does say that in 1 Corinthians, but that's not what I'm doing. It says in Jude 1 verse 20, it says, Dearly beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Here's how you, one way is to get more faith is to meditate on the word. Here's the other way to get more faith. The Bible says, building yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Spirit. What I, what I do today rests entirely on two things. It rests on meditating in the Word and praying in the Spirit. That's what I spend as much time as I can doing. One of my greatest goals, as I said this morning, is to jam as much of the Word of God on the inside of me through meditating on it 
I don't study doctrine. I don't need to study doctrine because I have the Word. When you've got the Word, your doctrine becomes self-governing. Your doctrine is automatically okay. When you've got the Word, your doctrine will work out fine. You'll breathe doctrine out of you and you can impart. And so you'll find yourself, and the same thing when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you'll find yourself like, I don't, I don't go to church anymore to get blessed. I haven't gone to church to get blessed for probably 10 years. I just don't. I just don't get blessed at church. I go there to bless other people. I get blessed when I'm in my quiet time at home. I'll even go to big conferences and I'll, I'll kind of simmer down while I'm at the conference because I'm missing my private quiet time with the Lord. Nothing compares to that. Like the conferences are great, don't get me wrong, and they're necessary and you do benefit greatly. But there's a part of me that just goes, oh, I can't wait to get back. Can't wait to get back to my routine. You know, I've been leaving early, going here, driving there, getting home late, doing this, doing that, and I'm, I'm kind of all thrown off. Week of that and you're like, oh, let me get back. I want to just get back. I've got to get back. That's what that video was all about. That's what starts a revival is when people get hungry for God. When they desire Him more than the television. <laughs> Praise God. That went down well. <laughs> Building yourself up, praying in the Holy Spirit. Prayer lifts your spirit. There's a couple of secrets. One particularly about about the Word and about praying in tongues. They're both similar in this regard. When you meditate on the Word, the challenge is, is your amazing, super active, highly skilled, intelligent mind is bored because you're just listening to this same Scripture over and over and over again. You might even know it off by heart, but you, that doesn't. it's not about knowing it off by heart. Well, there's something in that when you know something by heart that's cool isn't it the Bible says I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you see it has power and it gets into your heart but it's not knowing it off by heart as being able to parrot it off that's, that, 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 that's what happens along the journey of meditating on the word that's one of the byproducts but that's not the goal the goal is, is to get that word so it so saturates you, it becomes like, like a seam of gold. Jesus told this story, I've got it up here. I've got it up here in, um, in, it'll come on the screen if I can give the guys the right cue. It's in Matthew. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Jesus told this, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought the field. And I was reading through that and, and all of a sudden something shifted. I saw something in that verse, leave it up there, that I'd never seen before. The man was after the treasure. That's fair enough, isn't it? We all want the treasure. But you've got to see this. 
wanted the treasure, but what did he do? He bought the field. Too many Christians are going after the treasure. They want their healing. They want this. They want that. They want the blessing. They want the financial increase. They want the influence. They want the breakthrough. And that's all. That's great that God wants you to have that. But this man, he didn't, he didn't get excited. He, he got excited and he went and bought the fields. What I'm preaching to you about today, faith is a treasure, but I'm telling you, you can't just go and take the treasure. You've got to buy the fields. So many people, people give me books to read. I'll read this book. It's by this guy. Read this book. It's by so-and-so, this evangelist, that guy. I don't read any of them because I get a couple of pages in. I think I could be meditating on the Word. I could be praying in tongues instead of reading this book. And I put it aside and I go back to praying in tongues. I get way more out of it. Instead of drinking out of someone else's, well, I'll drink out of my own, thank you very much. That's why when I go to a church, I've got something to give. Amen? I don't go there for revival. I take revival there. Why? Because I've got my own. That's what faith will do. You can have your own. So many, you know, if that guy, just leave that word up. If that guy would have, if he'd have, that wasn't his treasure. That was in someone else's field. So many people are trying to borrow treasure. If I even go to some churches where the pastors, they're trying to borrow treasure. Oh, this church is growing like mad. What are they doing? Oh, they've got, they're praying Hillsong songs. Oh, let's just do that. Or whatever. Nothing wrong with any of that. But you've got to get your own treasure. And to get your own treasure, you've got to buy the field, praise God. But here's the thing. How much did it cost to buy the field? How much did it cost to buy the field? It cost him everything. He went and sold all. Everybody say all. All he had. I'm telling you, the cost of seeing God break through in your life and in the lives of everyone around you and in this church and in this city and in this town, faith requires the whole heart. God said you love the Lord with all your soul, that's your mind, your will and your emotions, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. That reminds me of that guy who meditate on the word day and night. He was in over, you see, we, we, we don't know what radical is. You think you're radical until you meet someone else who's way more radical than you are. I need to keep meeting people who are way more radical than I am. So that I, otherwise I think, oh, well, I've got there. No, I'm nowhere near it. I'm just at the tip of the iceberg. And so are you. But it's such an exciting journey. Amen. It is so good. There's people here with pain in your body. Quickly, I want to pray for a couple of people with pain in your body. Just come to the front. If you've got pain right now, you can just come to the front and I'll pray for you right now. Whoever that person is, you've got pain. You've got pain. You've got pain in your body. Come and we'll pray. Hallelujah. Jesus gave his life for us. And the way that we partake of what he's done for us he gave his life for us he paid for all of our sins he took all our sicknesses in his body on the cross 
It's like the greatest transaction of history. He stood up there as a target for the devil. He said, devil, give it your best shot. I'm the man that you need to take out. If you can take me out, it's yours. He didn't actually say that, and the Bible doesn't say that, but this, this, is, how I, this is how I picture it. And so Satan threw everything at him. He threw every sickness, every disease, every trial. The Bible says he was tempted in every way, just as we are, but yet was without sin. He threw every fear, every anxiety, every stress, every strain, every struggle, every torment he could possibly find. He poured it all into Christ. And it took his life. It took his life. And all that stuff was poured into his body. And his body died and he went down into the depths. In his spirit, he went down into the depths down into the pit, the Bible says. But then the ground started to shake. Something started to happen. Why? Because he had an infinite righteousness on the inside of him that was far greater than the, than the sins of the world. He had a, a God righteousness, which is something that you and I can't even begin to imagine what that is like. He had a purity that's Pure than anything we can even begin to think on. He had that on the inside of him and his capacity on the inside of him gave him the ability to take all the sins of the whole world into his own body on that tree. And he took every one of those sins down into the pit, right down where they'd belong, right down to the devil's feet. And then he stood up and that scared the bejeebies out of the devil. He wasn't expecting that. Why? Because God Almighty who's righteous and just, who it's impossible for him to ever lie. He could never break his word. God Almighty held up the scales of justice and they weighed in favour of Jesus. There was no favouritism. There was no handouts. There was no concessions made. The scales of righteousness, the scales of justice weighed in favour of Jesus. And the devil reached out to, with his hordes to grab hold of him and to hold him in the pit. And they couldn't. Why? Because those scars went in Jesus' favour. And Jesus began to rise up out of the pit, out of the pit and out of the grave. And he rose for you and I. And he conquered every sin and every sickness and every disease and every hardship and every trial and every temptation. Some people find it hard to get through temptation. Well, join the club. The Bible says no temptation. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He'll also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. This is a word that's going to help someone here tonight. It's going to help several people. I used to pray that scripture and the temptation would stay. And then I would yield to the temptation. I'd say, God, why don't you give me a way out? But I didn't read the words. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So what you're going through, the temptations that are on your life, is no bigger or worse or stronger than what anybody else on the planet is going through. That's what the Bible says. 
And it says, God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he'll provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. See, we are designed by God and empowered by him to stand up under temptation. Temptation will never leave. It'll never go. It'll never stop. It'll never disappear. It will always be there. But because Jesus defeated the tempter, and my Bible says greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world, amen. Because Jesus defeated the tempter, he'll give, if, if you would go, well, I'm gonna stand up under this and it's okay, I can still have a good life and be tempted at the same time because, well, Jesus was tempted for goodness sakes. So we can't expect not to be tempted when you realize that temptation is there so that you can stand up under it, not so you can escape it. I'm telling you, that's empowering. You can do it. You can do it. That's faith right there. But just like, if I can just change gears back to where I was, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, and that when you meditate on the word, it, it, your mind becomes restless. Your mind wants your mind wants to be wants to be engaged. It's like if anybody ever remembers watching Short Circuit, you know Johnny Number Five. Remember that movie? Give me input, give me input. You know our minds are like that. We just want to be stimulated all the time. When you pray in tongues, it's exactly the same. Your brain will want to be stimulated. Tongues will not stimulate your brain. It completely bypasses it. That's why it says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. See, God doesn't travel through our brain all that well. Our brain does have some functionality. Don't ask me what it is, but I'm sure it does. Of course it does. <laughs> some of us are just more blessed than others in that department, but that's all right. But tongues come straight from your spirit. Down in here, out of your spirit, the Bible says it's a wellspring of life. John 7, 37. It says, out of, your, out, of the, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This he said concerning the spirit, which had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It's talking about day of Pentecost, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit that comes upon a Christian to fill them, to lift their faith, to make them rise, to help them in troubled times. But we, we've, there, there, there's, it's like there's a whole football oval full of opportunity waiting for each one of us. How far out are we gonna run? Are we gonna run right out into the middle? Are we gonna stay kind of just a little bit in from the edge? It's really up to each of us. Am I stirring you up here tonight? And the way God works for you will be different to how He works for me. You don't need to, don't need to um, compare yourself with other people. I run in the lane that God's given me to run in. And you need to do the same. You run in the lane that God's given you to run in. It might be in the marketplace. It might be in church life. might be in ministry. might be a mum. Look at raising, raising a great family. Looking after your children and keeping a great house. Whatever it is in the marketplace, wherever it is.
But I'm telling you, you can run in a supernatural lane. But you can't go after the, can't go after the goal. You've got to go after the field. What is the field? The field is the Word. And the field is prayer. And I'll add one more thing. It's always three things. It's prayer, Bible, and church. I'm not here to speak on church tonight. But that's the field. And, that'll, and you can give your whole life to that and never regret it for one minute. Never look back. When you're, when you're breathing your last breath and you're in your old age and full of years, you're not going to regret spending more time in the Word. You're not going to regret spending too much time in prayer. I prayed for this dear lady, actually from this church, dear lady, lovely Christian couple. Got to be careful, you'll guess who they are. And, um, and the lady was a little bit down in her faith. She'd been staying at home and, and I could just tell that. And I said to her, I said, look, I said, let's just shore this up. I said, you mightn't be around for that much longer. And um, hopefully it won't be too soon. But I said, when you, when you step out of this world and stand in front of Jesus, you don't want to stand in front of Jesus like it's somebody you haven't seen for 10 years. Like it's a long lost friend. Oh, yeah, I remember you. Oh, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's me. I said, no. You want to step in front of Jesus like the guy you were talking to half an hour ago, earlier this morning. The guy that you're with every day. That's how you want to stand. That's how you want to sit before him. That's how you want to come into his presence. Right across this room here tonight, I don't know where you're at with Jesus. We had at least two, maybe three people. There was three actually gave their hearts to Jesus here in this meeting this morning. You might say, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, that's great. The Bible says the devils believe in Jesus as well. They're really scared of him. It's more than just believing. It's more than just turning up to church. Some people have never actually come to the point where they've surrendered their whole life to him. If that's you here tonight and you want to just make a decision to do that, in just a moment, I want you to shoot up your hand. I'm going to lead a prayer where if you respond to this with that attitude, I'm telling you, you'll reap the fullness of Christ happening in your world. Maybe you're here and you need to come back to Christ. You've slipped away. You're perhaps like that person I talked to who, you know, you, it's like if you met Jesus right now, you, he'd be like a guy you haven't spoke to for a few years or for a few months, whatever. Or maybe you're just not sure what would happen when you breathe your last breath. When we, when we die, it's the most exciting thing. Seriously, it is. We just step instantly out of this body and into eternity. It's like you just go through a veil and you're there instantly because eternity is running here right with us. The kingdom of God is right here with us. It's, it's literally just, it's just there. It's right there. And, and life keeps you here, but the minute your spirit leaves your body, you go there. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says his spirit left. And you need to be, 100% sure that you're going to be in heaven when you leave this earth. You've just got to be. I had one girl 
in, in a church at Leeton. She came up to me at the back of the meeting. I was talking with her and a friend. And I just had the sense that she wasn't, I just didn't have a witness when I was talking to her that I don't think she's born. And I said, are you born again? She goes, well, I don't know, I think so. I said, let's pray a prayer where you just make absolutely sure. And she goes, okay. And so I started to lead her in the prayer, just the three of us out the back after church. I said, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, right now, right now, I open the door of my heart to you. And she goes, I... And tears just poured down her eyes. Turns out she'd been involved in some new agey type stuff. And it was like a changing of the guard in her heart right at that moment. When you're born again, you absolutely know. So can I just have every head?